The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of violence and adult content that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under the age of 13. Nicole Kessinger parked in front of her boyfriend's house and hurried up the front walk. She was eager to see Chris. They had only been together a few weeks, but Nicole already felt like she was falling in love. This was real. She grinned as Chris opened the front door and let her inside. But when she got to the living room, her heart sank. Chris told her that he'd split up with his wife, that they lived separate lives, But looking around, Nicole saw signs of the other woman everywhere. When she asked Chris about it, he shrugged her off. He and his wife had agreed to separate months ago. They just hadn't finalized it yet. But as Nicole looked around at the family house, a knot twisted in her stomach. She studied the pictures on the wall. There was Chris, his wife, and their two children looking happy, looking like a family. She glanced at Chris. He smiled at her. He had such a kind smile. Sincere eyes. A guileless face. But Nicole couldn't help wondering. Was Chris Watts lying to her? Hi, I'm Lainey Hobbs. And this is Crimes of Passion, a ParCast original. The legal definition of a crime of passion is a violent crime that occurs in the throes of extreme emotion, leaving no time to reflect on the consequences. But in this show, we explore how passionate relationships sometimes lead us to criminal activity. How does a husband and wife become killer and victim, or killer and co-conspirator? If there's a thin line between love and hate, What manipulates our relationships into deadly results? You can find episodes of Crimes of Passion and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
to stream Crimes of Passion for free on Spotify. Just open the app and type Crimes of Passion in the search bar. At Parcast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. This week, we'll talk about Chris and Shanann Watts. From the moment they married in 2012, they seemed to have the picture-perfect life. Their posts on social media gave the impression of a couple madly in love, raising two adorable daughters in a beautiful home. In reality, an extramarital affair, financial struggles, and conflicts with extended family were tearing Chris and Shanann apart. Next week, we'll discuss the shocking, brutal crime that ended the Watts' marriage. We'll also talk about the investigation and public scandal that followed. From a young age, Chris Watts' future wife, Shanann Catherine Rusek, was an outgoing social person who liked to keep busy and meet new people. While she was a student at Pinecrest High School in Aberdeen, North Carolina, she began dating a young law student named Leonard King. There are few public details about their courtship, but the relationship quickly turned serious. They dated and they married not long after Shanann graduated from high school in 2002. However, Leonard said the couple soon grew apart. After graduating law school, Leonard became a public defender. Shanann took a store manager job at an auto maintenance and repair shop and poured herself into her work. She didn't seem to have any time or interest in maintaining their marriage. It was like she and Leonard lived two separate lives in the same home. Leonard said that while they attended a few counseling sessions together, Shanann refused to open up. They didn't argue, but as Leonard told it, Shanann simply checked out of the relationship. Within five years, they filed for divorce. Shanann stayed busy with work after the marriage ended. She was careful about saving money, and in 2009, she used her savings to purchase land in Belmont, North Carolina. She then built a spacious home on the property. At just 25 years old, she was doing well for herself. But around the same time, she also began to experience chronic health problems. In May of 2010, she was diagnosed with lupus, a disease that causes the immune system to attack the body's own tissue and organs. In Facebook posts, she also mentioned that she was possibly suffering from thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, migraines, celiac disease, and Sjogren's syndrome. Shanann later said it was the darkest point of her life. She felt scared and alone. She lost many of her friendships because she didn't have the energy to go out or socialize. But that summer, she received a new friend request from a stranger, a 25-year-old man named Chris Watts. Christopher Lee Watts was born on May 16, 1985, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. His parents described him as a happy, friendly, soft-spoken child. Others characterized him similarly. One of his former teachers said, he was very clean-cut, very respectful, very smart. A high school friend said that Chris was the kind of guy that all the girls had crushes on. Everyone liked him. Chris's father worked as an auto mechanic, 
and Chris followed in his footsteps. After graduating, Chris went on to work as a technician at a Ford dealership. A friend said he didn't have much of a social life and he almost never approached women. He was too shy. But social media gave him an opportunity to meet new people in a casual, low-stake setting. He came upon Shanann's Facebook profile because the two shared a distant connection. Shanann was friends with his cousin's wife. He thought she was beautiful and on a whim, he sent her a friend request. Shanann later said that when she accepted the request, she never expected anything to come of it. But after exchanging a few messages, she agreed to go out on a date with Chris. For his part, Chris could tell that Shanann wasn't impressed when they met in person. On their first date, Shanann thought he was underdressed. He wasn't taking the date seriously. But she agreed to see him again, and soon, her attitude shifted. For their third date, the pair decided to spend the day at Myrtle Beach. However, Shanann wasn't feeling well. Her lupus was flaring up. They left early. On the drive back, Shanann laid her head in Chris's lap, trying to get comfortable. Chris remained as still as possible so that she could rest undisturbed. Shanann was touched that he let her lay on his lap for the entire two and a half hour drive. Later, speaking about the early weeks of their relationship, Shanann said, I rejected him. I pushed him away time and time and time again. But when I canceled dates last minute, because that's how life is with my health challenges, he stuck around. And he stuck around because he was the one for me. After a few months, things got serious and the couple started talking about marriage. Shanann decided to invite her parents and Chris's parents over for a backyard cookout. Shanann's parents were thrilled to see the couple so happy together, but Chris's parents didn't feel the same way. According to Shanann's mother, Sandra, Chris's parents were sullen and standoffish at the barbecue. They seemed to disapprove of her daughter. Chris didn't date much and they weren't used to him having a girlfriend. His mother apparently resented him having a new woman in his life. When the two mothers were alone together, Chris's mother, Cindy, made a disparaging comment about Shanann being divorced. Later that night, Cindy remarked that she doubted Shanann really loved Chris. Sandra was upset on her daughter's behalf. She later said of Chris's mother, I knew she was going to be a thorn in the marriage. Sandra was right to be concerned. Research indicates that conflict with in-laws creates strain on relationships. Before I continue with the Watts psychology, please note that I am not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but I have done a lot of research for the show. University of Cambridge psychologist, Dr. Terry Apter, has singled out in-law conflict as one of the top three causes of marital strife. Dr. Apter conducted a 20-year study surveying 49 couples about their family relationships. At the end of the study, Dr. Apter said, I was surprised how often men chose to protect their mothers against their wives. They saw a wife as stronger and tougher, and therefore, the one who should make allowances. This kind of behavior can drive a wedge between couples, leading to feelings of betrayal and resentment. In Shanann's case, it was clear that she found Chris's family toxic early on. 
She didn't like their hold over him or their hostility toward her, but Chris's mother, Cindy, defended her comments. She felt Shanann was too critical of her son. Shanann often said that Chris wasn't the kind of person she expected to fall in love with. To Cindy, that sounded like Shanann looked down on Chris. Despite the tension, Chris and Shanann did their best to prevent his parents from interfering with their relationship. By April of 2011, after she and Chris had been dating for about eight months, Shanann started looking at engagement rings online and posting favorites on her Facebook page. In August, Chris proposed at Ocean Isle Beach. The couple was eager to start a new life together, but also seemed to want some distance from Chris's parents. Around the time of their engagement, they visited some of Shanann's friends in Colorado. During the brief trip, Shanann fell in love with the place. Before they left, she posted a Facebook status about how she hoped to be back soon. Shanann watched Chris load their suitcases into the trunk. Before getting into the car, she paused to take one last look around. She was dreading the flight back home. In Colorado, she felt lighter. She breathed easier. Maybe it was the mountain air, or maybe it was the chance to escape from the stresses of normal life. The trip was good for Chris too. He could be such a homebody. He hardly ever made time to go out and meet new people. If you asked him who his best friend was, he'd probably say his father. Shanann thought it was about time he left his comfort zone, tried new experiences, and left old things behind. After all, that was what marriage was really about, getting a fresh start, embarking on a new adventure, just the two of them, together. After the trip, 27-year-old Shanann desperately wanted to move to Colorado. She thought it would be good for 26-year-old Chris to get away from his family, whom she called possessive and controlling. Chris's mother made it clear that she disapproved of Shanann and the move, but Chris told her he didn't care. Shanann was his family now. Within a few months, Chris was hired to work at a Ford dealership in Longmont, about 30 miles north of Denver. He moved to Colorado in early 2012, staying with Shanann's friends while they figured out a more permanent arrangement. Shanann joined Chris about a month later. She was able to secure a job at the same Ford dealership in the sales department. People at the dealership liked the couple. Shanann's boss, Greg Allure, called her sweet as can be. But he also noticed something else. In a later interview, he said that Chris was very passive. Shanann was very aggressive with him. Bossy, do this, do that, telling him what to do, dominating the relationship. Many of the couple's other friends and family saw the same dynamic in action. Chris always seemed to follow Shanann's lead. Even Shanann admitted that Chris didn't like confrontation. Psychological researcher and clinician John M. Gottman conducted a study on 60 married couples in which he measured the vital signs of spouses during a verbal disagreement. He found that men had higher pulse rates and elevated blood pressure compared to women. 
He theorized that men have a lower tolerance for marital discord because they feel physiologically overwhelmed by it. They therefore may be more likely to avoid conflict rather than address it. This can be dangerous, according to Dr. Gottman. In an interview, he said, having a conflict-free relationship does not mean having a happy one. There are conflicts that you absolutely must have because to give in is to give up some of your personality. Chris often complied with Shanann's wishes, thinking it would make life easier in the short term. He didn't realize the long-term toll it could take on his psyche. Even so, Chris and Shanann's relationship dynamic didn't give their boss, Greg, any cause for concern. He said, they were just an everyday American couple. Greg had no way of knowing that that couple was under an enormous amount of emotional strain, stress that would only get worse after they said, till death do we part. Up next, Chris and Shanann face financial difficulties as they adjust to their new lives in Colorado. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Now, back to the story. In early 2012, 26-year-old Christopher Watts and 28-year-old Shanann Rusek were newly engaged and had just moved to Frederick, Colorado. But before their new life could truly begin, they had to travel back to North Carolina for their wedding. On November 3, 2012, Shanann and Chris got married at a Doubletree Hotel. They danced the night away among friends and family. Only one thing was missing, Chris's parents. His family refused to attend. They were angry that Chris and Shanann had moved to Colorado. They felt Shanann had taken Chris away from them. Chris's mother explained, we didn't attend because Shanann and I just couldn't get along. Shanann tried not to let it bother her. The couple had enough on their minds. They had just purchased land on Saratoga Trail in Colorado and had plans drawn up to build a new home there. While they waited on the construction, they got some more big news. On April 16, 2013, Shanann discovered that she was pregnant. She was ecstatic. She'd worried her health problems might make it difficult to conceive. Now, it was like all her dreams were coming true. A month later in May, Chris and Shanann's home was complete and they were able to move in. With a brand new house and a baby on the way, 
they seemed to be living the American dream. And like many millennial couples, they were quick to share all of it on social media. Shanann even started a blog to document her pregnancy. She called it Journey of Bella Marie, named for her unborn daughter. One recurring theme in Shanann's post was how much she loved shopping for the baby. By the time she was halfway through her pregnancy, she had a closet full of clothes for her daughter. She often took pictures of her new purchases, along with captions like, can't help myself. What these pictures didn't show was that Chris and Shanann were falling into serious debt. They were putting thousands of dollars on credit cards in addition to their brand new mortgage. At some point, Shanann also went back to school for nursing. She didn't complete the program, but still took on student debt for the course load. Their monetary woes put their marriage at risk. In a 2004 report for the U.S. Department of Justice, researchers found that couples who report feeling high levels of financial stress are three and a half times more likely to be involved in domestic violence compared to couples who report feeling low levels of financial strain. Their money problems may have been particularly hard on Chris because he didn't feel like he had any control over them. Shanann didn't trust him with the family finances. At one point, he sold his truck for less money than he owed on it. Shanann was furious. From then on, she handled all the financial decisions. He later said that he didn't even deposit his own paycheck. He handed it directly to her. This meant that he could only watch powerless as their expenses piled up. Perhaps to remedy the situation and help pay the bills, Shanann took a nighttime job at the call center of a children's hospital. She also began selling handbags on the side through a direct sales company. Still, Shanann and Chris struggled to stay afloat and they'd soon have to add the expense of a new baby. On December 17th, 2013, the couple's first daughter, Bella, was born. In the months following her birth, Shanann's Facebook page showed typical loving parents delighted to welcome their first child. She posted dozens of wholesome pictures of the family going to baseball games, taking trips to the lake, picking pumpkins for Halloween. But again, social media didn't tell the whole story. In the fall of 2014, Less than a year after giving birth, Shanann became pregnant again. The pregnancy was physically difficult for her. Her mother recalled that Shanann experienced severe back pain, chest pains, and exhaustion. But her health wasn't the couple's only source of stress. Their financial situation hadn't improved either. They knew they needed to increase their income to offset their debt, so Chris set out to look for a better-paying job. In January of 2015, he was hired as a field coordinator at Anadarko Petroleum. His salary increased. However, the new job still wasn't enough to help them recover. That summer, the couple filed for bankruptcy. Their filing showed that their monthly expenses for their mortgage and car payments exceeded $4,000. The documents also showed that they had $9.51 in their savings account and about $860 in checking. A few weeks after they filed for bankruptcy, 
Their second daughter, Cecilia C.C. Watts, was born. Stress upon stress piled atop the family. At one point, Shanann's parents left North Carolina and moved to Colorado to help out. They lived there for about 15 months, and during that time, Chris and Shanann slowly tried to climb out of debt. In January of 2016, 32-year-old Shanann began selling Thrive Vitamin Supplements through a direct sales company, Lavelle. She was evidently successful as she soon quit her other jobs. Shanann used social media to market her products and to recruit new sales reps for the company. She posted scores of videos on Facebook on a daily basis, touting both the health benefits of the products and the advantages of joining Lavelle. For Shanann, her family was part of her brand. She raved about how working from home as a sales rep allowed her to spend more time with her children. And she used Chris to advertise the products themselves, pointing out that he had lost weight using the Thrive supplements. Chris could see his wife was a talented saleswoman and recruiter. He later said, she could sell everything you're wearing back to you. However, Chris didn't enjoy participating in Shanann's online sales pitches. He said, those videos were not me. I just did it to support her. He added, I just hated being out for everybody to see. Still, Chris did enjoy some of the perks Shanann got through her new work. She reportedly won several bonus vacations for meeting sales targets. Chris accompanied Shanann on trips and company retreats to San Diego, New Orleans, Toronto, Las Vegas, and Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. Shanann documented the trips heavily on social media. She raved, it's amazing that my husband and I have created more memories in the last two years than we did in the previous eight. My mood is so much better and we're having fun. According to social media, the Watts family was living a comfortable, even luxurious life. But again, it's difficult to discern the reality. In a 2013 study, researchers from the University of Missouri-Columbia surveyed 205 Facebook users and found that a high level of Facebook usage is associated with negative relationship outcomes and an increase in Facebook-related conflict. A more extensive survey in 2017 from scholars Holly B. Shakya and Nicholas A. Christakis found that high levels of Facebook use correlates to diminished well-being. Frequent users self-reported a reduction in physical health mental health, and life satisfaction. For Shanann, Facebook was essential to her employment. She had to maintain a certain online persona in order to be successful at her sales job. But this meant that she couldn't always be honest about what was really going on. Shanann didn't publicly talk about money or the couple's previous bankruptcy. And instead, mostly she stayed focused on her current success. Still, she did occasionally post about other stresses in her life. Both the Watts' young daughters, like Shanann, experienced chronic health issues. They suffered from asthma, allergies, ear infections, and respiratory infections. 
Cece reportedly had surgery on her esophagus to correct a medical issue that caused breathing problems. The medical bills accumulated as the couple brought the girls to various specialists. As the debt piled up once again, another monthly bill was added to their expenses in 2017. That year, three-year-old Bella began attending a private preschool. Around the same time, Shanann reportedly underwent surgery to repair a degenerative disc in her neck. An old friend, Christina Meacham, came to live with the family for two months during Shanann's recovery. While staying with them, Christina noticed that the family lived beyond their means. Shanann seemed anxious about money and worried about buying enough food while Christina was there. But even with these worries, Christina thought that Shanann and Chris had a great marriage. She later described it as a model relationship. She wasn't the only one. Shanann's father, Franklin, said that he never saw any problems between the couple. They were great parents. They seemed happy. Shanann thought so too. Shanann trained her phone's camera across the room until she landed on Chris, playing with the kids. She couldn't help but smile. She had to admit, sometimes when she asked him to appear on camera, he seemed stiff and uncomfortable. She wished he could just relax. But it was different when he was playing with the girls. She didn't have to tell him to act natural. He was just himself. They loved him so much. They were lucky to have him. Shanann kept the camera running. She wanted to revel in every moment of their joy. Whatever their struggles, they were a family. They were in this together. Nothing could ever change that. By the end of 2017, Shanann and Chris had been married for more than five years. 32-year-old Shanann told friends they were just as in love as ever. She never suspected that 31-year-old Chris felt any differently. But in just a few short months, everything would change. Chris was pulling away from Shanann. He'd taken an interest in another woman. Coming up, we'll talk about the love affair that torpedoed Chris and Shanann's marriage. Now, back to the story. By the late spring of 2018, 33-year-old Chris and 34-year-old Shanann Watts had been married for about five and a half years. They had two little girls. Bella was four. Cece was about to turn three. But perhaps they didn't feel their family was complete yet. At the end of May, Shanann revealed that she was pregnant for the third time. She posted a video online in which she surprised Chris with the news. Chris grinned when he heard, but some viewers later noted that he didn't seem overjoyed. When he saw the pregnancy test, he said mildly, I guess when you want to, it happens. It may be that Chris's mind was already on something else, someone else. Early that summer, Chris had gotten to know a new woman at his work, 30-year-old Nicole Kessinger. 
Nicole and Chris didn't cross paths very often. Most of the time, he did on-site work at oil wells while she worked in the company's main office. But one day in May of 2018, Chris went to the office to retrieve some equipment. He ran into Nicole, and they had a long conversation. From then on, they got into the habit of chatting each morning, when Chris stopped by the office before leaving for the oil wells. Nicole said that when she first met Chris, he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. Chris later said he was getting it resized since he had recently lost weight. But Chris didn't mention to Nicole that he was married either, not at first. When he finally did bring up Shanann, he said they were in a bad place and on the verge of separating. Nicole believed him. In late June, Chris asked Nicole if she wanted to see him outside of work. They agreed to meet for a walk in a park near Nicole's home. Chris was normally quiet and introverted, but he felt comfortable around Nicole. She was easy to talk to and they shared a lot of interests like cars and physical fitness. Best of all, he never had to walk on eggshells or worry about making her angry. Nicole thought he seemed sweet and kind. If he wasn't still married, he'd be perfect. Meanwhile, Shanann noticed that Chris seemed eager to spend more time at work. On June 20th, she told a friend that Chris had missed her first sonogram appointment, but she might have been too excited about the baby to read anything into it. Shanann was also planning for an upcoming trip she'd decided to take an extended summer vacation to see her family and Chris's in North Carolina. She and the kids were going to be gone for six weeks. Since Chris had to work, he would remain home in Colorado for most of the excursion. He planned to join them for their last week of vacation. On June 27th, Shanann, Bella, and Cece flew east to North Carolina. Chris was on his own, and he was ready to take advantage of it. He went to visit Nicole at her house, and the two had sex. Nicole later said that she felt bad about dating a man before his divorce was complete. She claimed that she even encouraged him to give his marriage another try. But Chris said that he wasn't interested in that, and suddenly, he began opening up to Nicole about his marriage. He told Nicole that everything seemed good on the surface. He and Shanann rarely fought. Throughout their relationship, he'd mostly gone along with whatever Shanann wanted. But apparently, he'd been holding on to some resentments. He'd been burying his emotions and keeping up a faux happy front. But in front of Nicole, he let out his true feelings. Chris said that the perfect life Shanann presented on social media was just a facade, that she was too bossy and controlling, that she didn't actually care about him or his interests, but only cared about appearances, that she destroyed their finances with her need to have a big house full of expensive things. She wanted people to think they had it all. He didn't want any of it. He shared grievance after grievance. From Chris's rantings, it was clear that his marriage was unsalvageable. So Nicole kept seeing him. 
Chris's complaints about Shanann are in line with the way many cheaters rationalize their infidelity. Researcher Benjamin Warwick conducted a study at Adelphi University seeking to understand how people see themselves after cheating on their spouses. He found that adulterers blame their spouses more often than they blame themselves and that they underestimated the emotional impact of their infidelity. Chris had been stewing in his own repressed emotions for so long, he may have seen himself as the true victim when he cheated on Shanann. At the time, he certainly didn't show any signs of wanting to call off the affair. On July 4th, Chris invited Nicole over to the house. Nicole later said she didn't feel very comfortable there. On the walls, she saw pictures of Shanann and the kids. Nicole suddenly felt like she was intruding on someone else's life. But Chris insisted that his marriage was done, so she again believed him. After Nicole hung out with Chris at his house that day, they went to a baseball game together. Over the next two weeks, while the rest of the family was in North Carolina, Chris and Nicole met for movie dates, talked on the phone, and traveled to Boulder together to visit the Shelby Mustang Museum. All the while, Chris was having regular FaceTime chats with Shanann and the girls. They seemed to be enjoying their trip at first. They'd planned to spend each weekday with Shanann's family and weekends with Chris's. They were initially happy with this arrangement, but in the second week, old tensions with Chris's family reignited. Around July 8th, Shanann watched Bella and Cece as they played with their cousins outside Chris's parents' house. Then they all disappeared into the house. Shanann followed them into the kitchen, where she claimed Chris's mother was giving the children ice cream, which contained nuts. Cindy later said the ice cream did not contain any nuts, but had been made in a factory where cross-contamination might occur. Regardless, Shanann explained to Chris's family that the girls had a deadly tree nut allergy and asked them to put the ice cream away. Chris's family reacted with hostility. They apparently thought Shanann was overreacting or exaggerating the girls' allergies. Shanann insisted that Bella and Cece couldn't be in the same house as any nut products. Cindy countered that it was unfair to deny the rest of the family the treat even if the girls were allergic. It turned into a heated argument. Furious, Shanann immediately left the house with Bella and Cece. She later texted Chris that he needed to talk to his family and stand up for her and the children. Chris agreed to speak to them, but Shanann continued to fume about the confrontation. She complained about the incident on Facebook and Chris's mother responded by blocking Shanann. On July 15th, Shanann and her parents held a party for Cece's third birthday, but Chris's family refused to attend. Shanann was hurt. While she stressed about her in-laws, she started to see troubling changes in her husband. That second week of July, Shanann noticed that Chris wasn't answering her calls 
or returning her texts as frequently as she wanted him to. Chris seemed distracted. He was. On July 18th, Chris began hiding erotic pictures of Nicole on his phone. He stored them in a secret calculator app, a decoy app that looks like a real calculator, but is used to hide photos and videos in a discreet folder. All the while, Chris and Nicole continued to go on dinner dates and outings. They met daily at Nicole's apartment for sex. It was clear that their relationship wasn't just a fling. The affair was becoming serious. On July 28th, the pair took an overnight camping trip together to the Great Sand Dunes National Park. On the trip, Nicole recorded a video of herself to Chris saying, Thank you so much for coming out here with me, Christopher. I am having a wonderful time. You mean a lot to me, and I'm glad you're having a blast. While they were on their getaway, Chris didn't respond to Shanann's calls at all. She texted him angrily that she hadn't heard from him in 48 hours. Chris apologized and told her he would see her soon. For over a month, he enjoyed the bachelor life with his new girlfriend, but it was about to come to an end. On July 31st, he flew out to North Carolina to join Shanann and the kids. On his first night there, Chris, Shanann, and the children had dinner together at the restaurant of a family friend. The friend later said, if there was trouble in paradise for them, they did a wonderful job hiding it. I did not get any negative vibes about him or from Shanann or the girls in relation to him. But while she kept up a positive front inwardly, Shanann was more convinced than ever that something was wrong with Chris. At one point on August 3rd, they had an argument by text. She wrote, From the day I left, you never said I missed you before I said it. Something changed when I left. You may be happier alone and that's fine. You can be alone. They were still fighting days later. On August 6th, Chris told her that he was afraid to have a third child. He wasn't sure he wanted another baby. He was also angry at Shanann about the rift between her and his family. He felt she was making him choose between them. Most of all, he just wasn't sure he and Shanann were compatible anymore. Shanann told a friend that she was devastated. She texted, We never had a problem in our relationship like this. No joke. Never. This is total left field. Sitting on the bathroom floor of her parents' house, Shanann couldn't stop crying. She almost felt like she was a child again, crying and helpless. But this was even worse. She wasn't a child. She was a grown woman, pregnant with two kids and a husband who was no longer in love with her. How had this happened? She thought she'd gotten everything right. The house, the man, the life. They'd been swimming along for eight years, weathering all of their challenges, only for it all to fall apart so suddenly. There had to be an explanation. People didn't just suddenly fall out of love. Chris must be hiding something. Shanann suspected that much, 
but she dreaded finding out what it was. On August 7, 2018, the family returned home to Colorado. Shanann and Chris were still at odds. She apparently suspected the truth. She asked him if he was having an affair, but he answered, no. The following day, she told a friend, we are supposed to go to an ultrasound tonight and he doesn't want the baby. He'd abort it if I said it was okay. In a bittersweet text exchange on August 9th, Shanann sent Chris an ultrasound picture. They were having a boy. They intended to name him Nico Lee Watts. That same day, Chris deleted his Facebook page. Shanann asked Chris why he'd done it, but he didn't respond. When his father texted him the same question, Chris cheerfully replied, liberated myself. Throughout the day, Shanann told her friends about her marriage and the possibility of a divorce, but she said she hoped it wouldn't come to that. She Googled options for couples therapy. Unfortunately, the next day, Shanann had to travel for work. On August 10th, Shanann left Chris and the children for the weekend to attend a Lavelle Company training session in Scottsdale, Arizona. As soon as she was gone, Chris scheduled a babysitter to come the following night. He wanted to take Nicole out on a date. The next day, Chris told Shanann he was going to a baseball game with tickets he'd won from work. In reality, he met Nicole for dinner. That night, while Shanann was out with other sales reps, she noticed the $60 charge on their credit card from Chris's date, likely due to an alert from her credit card company. She called Chris to ask about it, and he said he'd gone out to eat after the game. But Shanann was suspicious. She wondered what he could have eaten that could have cost so much. She even Googled the menu of the restaurant to see the prices and work out the math. She asked him to save his receipt so they could write the meal off but likely she just wanted to confirm her suspicions. Chris was having an affair. Shanann wasn't sure what to do. She was set to return home the following day. She finally had to accept that her picture-perfect marriage was a lie. It was time to confront reality. Once she and Chris were face to face, they would have it out once and for all. Thanks again for tuning into Crimes of Passion. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. We'll talk about how the Watts family shattered in a devastating explosion of violence and the fallout from the crime. You can find more episodes of Crimes of Passion and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Crimes of Passion, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Crimes of Passion on Spotify, just open the app and type Crimes of Passion in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time when true love meets true crime.
Crimes of Passion was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Crimes of Passion was written by Christina Pamies, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Lainey Hobbs. <laughs>